Section 8 of A Year with the Saints, translated by member of the Order of Mercy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, recording by Maria Therese. 16. Those who have arrived at perfection and especially true contemplatives do not ask the Lord to free them from trials and temptations. They rather desire and value them as worldlings value gold and jewels, for they know that these are to make them rich. St. Teresa St. Catherine of Genoa once said in the midst of extreme pain and severe torture, O Lord, it is thirty-six years since thou first gavest me spiritual light, and ever since I have desired nothing but sufferings interior and exterior. The Venerable Anna Maria of St. Joseph, a discalced Carmelite, and a person of no ordinary piety, exercised herself continually in the sharpest penances and austerities. When the others tried to turn her away from these practices, she replied, No, I will never cease until the Lord satiates me with his griefs and reproaches. She often said, too, that she wished for neither relics, nor rosary, nor a cell, nor anything but a cross upon which to crucify herself. St. Francis Xavier, when he had a cross, used to make this prayer, O Lord, do not take it away from me unless to give me a greater. 17. Kiss frequently the crosses which the Lord sends you, and with all your heart, without regarding of what sort they may be, for the more vile and mean they are, the more they deserve their name. The merit of crosses does not consist in their weight, but in the manner in which they are borne. It may show much greater virtue to bear a cross of straw than a very hard and heavy one, because the light ones are also the most hidden and contemned and therefore least comfortable to our inclination, which always seeks what is showy. St. Francis de Sales And the many long and painful journeys made by this saint, he was never heard to complain of cold or wind or the heat of the sun, or the quality of his food, but he took all things peacefully from the hand of God, and was particularly pleased with the worst and most inconvenient articles, and when he could, he always chose them for himself. Mention is made in the Chronicles of St. Dominic of a novice of that order, who died in the monastery of Argentina, and who opened his eyes unexpectedly, while the religious were saying the last prayers for his soul, and said, Listen, dearest brothers, I am like one who goes to a fair and buys a great deal for a little money. Behold, I am receiving the kingdom of heaven for a few trials, and I do not see how I deserve it. Having spoken thus, he reposed in the Lord. St. John Climacus says that he found in a monastery a young monk who received little penances from the superior for trifling faults and haughty and discourteous treatment from almost all the rest. The saint showed sympathy for him and wished to console him, but the good youth said, Father, do not give yourself any trouble. They treat me in this way, not because they have bad dispositions and little charity, but the Lord permits it to exercise me in patience which is necessary to show whether I am serving God truly. Certainly I have no cause to complain, for even gold is not made perfect without being tried. Two years after, added the holy abbot, this youth passed to a better life, saying to his brothers before he expired, I render thanks to Jesus Christ and to you, fathers, and I testify that through having been tried by you to my profit and advancement, I have lived free from the snares of the devil and now depart in peace. In the lives of the fathers, a story is told of a holy monk, who every night gave his disciple an instruction, and afterwards sent him to rest. 
Now, one evening, while giving it, the old man fell asleep, and the good novice, while waiting for him to awake, was much tempted to impatience, and to go away to sleep. He conquered himself, however, seven times, with great earnestness and fervor. At midnight the old man awoke and dismissed him. While saying his final prayers, the old father had a vision of an angel, who showed him a most beautiful throne, with seven crowns above it. In answer to his questions, the angel said that they were for his disciple who had gained them that night by his victory over seven temptations. When his disciple told him all in the morning, he was struck with wonder to see how bountifully God recompenses all our good actions. 18. If we could but know what a precious treasure lies concealed in infirmities, we would receive them with as much joy as we would the greatest benefits, and we would bear them without complaint or any sign of annoyance. St. Vincent de Paul This saint was tried by many long and most painful infirmities, which often deprived him of the use of his limbs, and left him no rest by day or night. He bore them all with unalterable tranquillity, and conversed with the same affability and serenity of countenance that he had when he was well. A word of complaint never escaped his lips, but he praised and thanked God constantly for sending to him these sufferings, and looked on them as special favors. The most he did when the pain was at its worst was to turn to the crucifix and animate himself to patience by devout interior aspirations. If he ever happened to speak of his sufferings, he mentioned them as a thing of no account, saying that he suffered little in comparison with what he deserved, or with what Christ suffered for love of us. One of his household was one day applying a dressing to his limbs, which were diseased for forty years, when, moved with compassion at seeing them so swollen and ulcerated, he exclaimed, Alas, how grievous are your sufferings! But the saint quickly replied, How can you apply the word grievous to the work of God? and his divine arrangement in causing a miserable sinner to suffer. May God pardon you for what you have just said. This is not the way to speak in the school of Christ. Is it not right that the guilty should suffer and be chastised? And cannot the Lord do with us whatever pleases him? Once writing of his sufferings to an intimate friend, he said, I did not wish to let you know of my sickness, fearing it would make you sad. But God is good. How long shall we be so weak? that we shall not have courage to reveal to one another the graces and favors God bestows on us in visiting us with sickness. May it please his divine goodness to give us a little more spirit that we may find our satisfaction in his. Through all his illnesses he never ceased to take an interest in the affairs of the house and of the whole congregation. He received persons of all sorts, whether belonging to his order or not, if they came to him on business or for other reasons, and always with such a smiling face and with so much amiability and serenity that if they had not known his state of health from others, they would have considered him well. Neither did such great infirmities cause him to change his usual mode of life. Up to his death he continued to sleep on straw and to take the common food. When the physicians and some persons of rank tried to persuade him to take delicacies, he did so once or twice to please them, but immediately returned to what he generally ate under the pretext that his stomach would not bear other food. When St. Felix the Capuchin was suffering severely from colic, he was asked by the doctor how he felt, and answered, The wicked ass of a body would be glad to escape the stick, but it must stand and receive the blow. 
when he was urged to have recourse to the divine aid by invoking the most holy name of Jesus, from whom he might expect relief. What do you say? cried the saint. To what do you advise me? Never. These are not pains, but celestial flowers which paradise produces, and the Lord shares among his children. Then he began to praise and bless the divine goodness, which dealt thus with him. 19. There are some sick persons who grieve and lament not so much for their own troubles as for what they cause to those around them, and because they cannot occupy themselves in good works, and especially in prayer, as they did when they were well. In this they deceive themselves greatly, for as to the trouble given to others, whoever is truly patient wishes for all that God wishes, and in the manner and with the inconveniences that he wishes. As to works, one day of suffering born with resignation is worth more than a month of great labors, and as to prayer, which is better, to remain upon the cross with Christ, or to stay at the foot of it and contemplate his sufferings. Besides, to offer to the Lord his own weakness, to remember for whom it was suffered, and to conform ourselves to his holy will, is certainly a very excellent prayer. St. Francis de Sales This saint bore well not only the afflictions and trials which came to him, but also their consequences, such as the inconvenience which his illnesses caused those who waited on him or lived with him, and in all other things it was the same. Father Alvarez saw, in a trance, the great glory which God had prepared for a nun, who was tried by a most grievous illness, which she bore with all possible patience. He said that she had married it more in eight months of sickness than some healthy and devout persons in many years. St. Adagonda, having been forewarned of the day of her death, prayed the Lord to send her first some painful disease, that, purified by it, she might fly the more lightly to heaven. She was heard, for there came to her an acute fever with very sharp pain. In this state she rejoiced, considering the fever a refreshing coolness, the pain, consolation, and the sweat a soothing bath by which she should be thoroughly purified for her flight to heaven. While St. Francis was suffering very acute pain in his eyes, he gave thanks constantly to God and prayed to him for perseverance in his service. One day the Lord said to him, Rejoice, Francis, for the treasure of eternal life is in store for you, and these pains are a pledge of it. When St. Vincent de Paul was seriously ill, he used to practice a method of prayer which was easy and pleasant and at the same time profitable. It was to remain quietly in the presence of God, without forcibly applying his intellect to any considerations, only exciting his soul to frequent acts of resignation to the will of God, confidence, love, or thanksgiving. 20. Observe that we gain more in a single day by trials which come to us from God and our neighbor than we would in ten years by penances and other exercises which we take up of ourselves. St. Teresa St. Leonina, after suffering for thirty-eight years from a cruel disease, longed to endure yet greater pains and to finish her course as a martyr. While she was burning with this desire, she was uplifted in an ecstasy and saw a most beautiful crown, still unfinished, which she was told was in preparation for her. Eager to have it completed, she prayed the Lord to increase her torments, and he sent two soldiers who tortured her with blows and insults. After this, an angel appeared to her with a crown in his hand, quite finished, and told her that these last trials had placed in it the jewels that were previously wanting. 
an angel appeared one day to the blessed henry susone and offered him a shield a lance and spurs saying hitherto you have fought among the infantry and now you will join the cavalry hitherto you have practised mortifications of your own choice now you shall be mortified by the scourge of evil tongues hitherto you have enjoyed milk from the breast of christ now you shall be inebriated with his gall hitherto you have been pleasing to men now they will rise against you the following day as the servant of god was meditating upon this vision he felt impelled to go to the window and on looking out he saw a goat in the courtyard with a rag in its mouth which it was pulling and tearing then he heard a voice which said thus are you to be torn by the mouths of others he thereupon went downstairs and picked up the rag which he preserved as a precious pledge of his cross twenty one he has not true patience who is willing to suffer only what he pleases and from whom he pleases the truly patient man does not regard the length nor the kind of his sufferings nor yet the person who makes him suffer whether he be a superior an equal or an inferior whether he be a holy man or ill-disposed and dishonourable his only aim is to suffer st thomas Kempis. We are told in the lives of the fathers of a young monk who dwelt with an aged monk who went every morning to the city to sell the articles which they had both made on the preceding day, and who spent all they brought upon wine for himself, bringing home only a bit of bread for the youth. The young man bore this way of life for three years, but at last, finding himself in rags and dying of hunger, he began to consider whether it would not be well to leave such a companion and go elsewhere. Then an angel appeared to him and said, have patience a little longer, for tomorrow you shall be with me in paradise. He told this vision to the old man, who did not believe it. But the following day, as they were discussing the matter, the holy youth peacefully expired, and the old man was converted and mourned for his previous life. 22. The Lord sends us tribulations and infirmities to give us the means of paying the immense debts we have contracted with him. Therefore, those who have good sense receive them joyfully for they think more of the good which they may derive from them than of the pain which they experience on account of them st vincent fair this saint unfolded this same sentiment more fully in a sermon which contained this pleasing parable there was a king who had in prison two men who both owed him large sums of money seeing that they were unable to pay because they possessed nothing he threw down a purse, full of money upon each of them, with so much force that they both felt the pain. One, angry at the blow, showed his impatience without making any account of the purse. But the other, not regarding the pain, recognized the favor done him, and taking the purse, gave thanks to the king, and paid his debt with the money. Now, precisely the same thing happens to us, added the saint. We all owe heavy debts to God for the many benefits we have received from him and for the many sins we have committed against him, nor have we anything of our own to pay them. Therefore, moved by pity for us, he sends us the gold of patience and the purse of tribulations, that we may use it to pay our debts. Whoever will not do this only increases his debts and renders himself, at the same time, more displeasing to God. The example of the two thieves crucified with Christ confirms this truth. By his patience one paid his debts and gained paradise, while the other, by his impatience, made himself more than ever a debtor, and obtained for himself eternal pains. 
Cesarius tells us of a Cistercian monk, who appeared to his abbot in great glory the night after his death, and said to him, Know, my father, that the sharp pains and tortures of my illness supplied for me the place of purgatory by anticipation, and therefore I rose directly from earth to heaven. 23. Do not be vexed at the contradictions you meet in ordinary intercourse, for they give an opportunity to practice the most precious and amiable virtues, which our Lord has recommended to you. Believe me that true virtue is no more reared in outward repose than good fish in the stagnant water of a swamp. How shall we prove our love for God, who has suffered so much for us, if not among contradictions and repugnances? St. Francis de Sales the blessed Serafino, the Capuchin, was once in company with his superiors in a young secular, who, seeing him so simple, humble, and imperturbable, took a fancy to tyrannize over him, and to go so far as to slight, insult, and even strike him. Brother Serafino, unmoved by all these insults, only said, with perfect amiability, Ah, oh, my little saint, my little saint! It was by this name that he would call those who insulted him let us do good in the service of god one of the fathers of the desert used to imagine jesus christ standing by his side in his tribulations and saying to him you are my brother and are you not ashamed to make any difficulty about suffering this when you know how much i have suffered for you twenty four if any house should be found where there was no monk who was troublesome and of a bad disposition it would be well to look for one and to pay him at a high rate for the great good that results from this evil when judiciously managed. St. Bernard When St. Philip Neri was living at San Girolamo, he had a great concourse of penitents. The sacristans of the church, annoyed by this, took a dislike to him, and did him all the ill turns they could. Sometimes when he was going to say Mass, they locked the door in his face or they would not give him the sacred vestments, or only cheap and torn ones, with many rude and insulting remarks. Sometimes they took from his hands the missal and chalice, or hid them, or compelled him to take off his vestments when he already had them on. Again, they would make him leave one altar and go to another, or perhaps back to the sacristy, and all to irritate him and induce him to leave the place. But the holy man, without ever complaining of the bad treatment he received, or giving any sign of annoyance, when not concealing his feelings and praying for these men, treating them also with charity and respect, and doing the many services that he could. Though he was often urged by his friends to go and live elsewhere, he would not do it, because, said he, I do not wish to fly from the cross which God sends me. This lasted for some years. Finally, seeing that he accomplished nothing by his charity and humility, and that his enemies, instead of being softened, rather increased in pertinacity, he had recourse to God for some relief, and one day in particular, fixing his eyes upon a crucifix, he said, O oh, my good Jesus, why dost thou not hear me? For so long a time, and with so much earnestness, I have asked for patience. Why hast thou not listened to me? Then he heard a voice in his heart, which said, Dost thou not ask me for patience? I will give it to thee but it is by this means that I wish thee to gain it. Thenceforward he bore all with greater cheerfulness and with the most perfect content, to such a degree that he no longer felt any of their injuries, but greatly desired them, and when he was ill-treated by these men, or by others, he made no account of it, 
and did not speak of it, nor allow it to be spoken of. If he ever heard any evil said of those who had offended him, he promptly excused them, praised them, and, if it was suitable, visited and protected them. On this account he acquired such a liking for the place that for thirty years he would never leave it. He could not be induced to abandon his beloved place of suffering, even when he had built the new oratory of the new church, and many of his sons had gone to live there. Though they tried to prove to him the suitableness and the obligation of living with them, as he was their founder and head, all their entreaties and prayers were of no avail, until, finally, the authority of the Pope was interposed to give them success. 25. In this life there is no purgatory, but either paradise or hell. He who bears tribulations with patience has paradise, he who does not, hell. St. Philip Neri a prisoner at the bar once called for a Jesuit father, and said to him, Father, I wish you to know that I, too, was once of your order. For some time I was exact in the observance of the rules. I lived content and did everything with ease and pleasure. Then I began, little by little, to relax, till, after a time, I found so much difficulty and trouble in every trifle that it seemed best to leave the order. Finally, you see where my sins had brought me. I have told you this, that my example might be of use to others. When St. Francis de Sales was ill, it was a matter of great edification to notice how simply he told his symptoms, without exaggeration or complaint, how patiently and uncomplainingly he bore them, and how he received all remedies without opposition. Though he sometimes suffered most cruel pains in his interior nature, he always preserved an inalterable serenity of brow and eye, as if he were not suffering at all. Thus he came to enjoy paradise even while suffering, unlike so many others who, at every trifling pain, seem impatient and inconsolable. 26. Learn, my sisters, to suffer something for the love of God, without letting everyone know it. St. Teresa On a good Friday, the Venerable Father de Ponte asked our Lord the favor of giving him a share in his sufferings. He answered by sending him fearful pains for the rest of his life, which he received with the greatest possible joy. Once being asked how he felt, he replied, Oh, how well God chastises a sinner! I tell you that except my head, no part of my body is without its own particular pain. A little while after, he repented of having said so much, and made a vow never to reveal his sufferings to any one when he could conceal them without displeasing God. St. Philip Neri, in his illnesses, which were long, severe, and frequent, was seen always with a cheerful countenance and a serene brow. He never gave any sign of pain, however great it might be, nor talked about his sickness, except to the physicians. For twenty-eight years St. Clare suffered grievous infirmities, and in all that time was never heard to complain of her sufferings, but instead she thanked God for them. It is related in the lives of the fathers that when the abbot Stephen was sick, his companions made for him a fried cake, but used, by mistake, a kind of oil which was very bitter. The holy abbot perceived this on tasting it, but ate a little without saying anything. When another was made in the same way, the abbot tasted that also, and left it without a word. This would have continued longer if his companion, wishing to tempt him to eat by example, had not taken a piece himself. When he perceived how bitter it was, he was very much grieved, but the abbot said, 
do not trouble yourself about it my son for if god had not willed that you should mistake one kind of oil for another you would not have done it st mary magdalene de pazzi invented a great and secret mortification which she afterwards practised for the rest of her life when she noticed that her superiors through regard for her health tried to give her such food as she liked best she showed a preference for what was disagreeable and unpleasant to her taste and made it appear that those things which she really desired were objects of aversion and would make her ill and so it happened that what she disliked was often given her and what would have suited her taste was forbidden in reward for this she enjoyed imperturbable peace of soul in the constant presence of god twenty seven whoever aspires to perfection must be aware of saying i was right they did that to me without reason if you are not willing to bear any cross which is not given you according to reason perfection is not for you saint teresa when brother egidius of tarentum a franciscan lay brother was roughly treated by his superiors or companions or called a useless and unprofitable servant he never excused himself but said with a smile give it to brother ass for he deserves much worse on account of the miracles he performed in tarentum crowds of people gathered about him to the no small inconvenience of the other brothers so that he was sent away to the monastery in bari but scarcely had he arrived when multitudes came to the monastery to see him and receive aid from him and the monks there blaming him for the disorder were as much displeased as the others had been the father guardian reproved him severely in chapter saying that he was a drunkard a fool an idle restless man full of hypocrisy and ambition who sought the credit of performing miracles that he might be regarded as a saint finally they gave him the discipline in public he did not resent any of these things at all but without perturbation said to himself yes i am just such a wicked and unworthy man you say truly father guardian that it is not i who work the miracles but the blessed virgin a prelate once ordered st vincent de paul to receive into his house a certain religious who was engaged in promoting some special work he did so and gave him useful advice but some persons who were not in favour of the work he was advocating complained of the saint to the same prelate he not remembering that it was in pursuance of his own order called for st vincent and in presence of these persons gave him a sharp reproof which he received calmly and without a word of self-justification god however brought back to the mind of the prelate the command he had given and meeting the saint one day he made him a suitable apology and formed a high opinion of him st peter martyr was visited one day by three holy virgins and from this accused of admitting women into his room condemned in public chapter and sent to a remote monastery but he bore all this disgrace without a word twenty eight if we should regard tribulations with the eye of a christian and wholly clear from our minds those mists of worldly wisdom which oppose the rays of faith and do not allow them to penetrate the depths of our souls how fortunate should we consider ourselves in being calumniated and regard it not only as idle and incapable but even as bad and vicious is it not indeed a great happiness to be persecuted in doing well when christ has called those blessed who suffer for justice st vincent de paul for this reason the apostles went away cheerful and contented when they found themselves assailed and persecuted by the chief men of the synagogues 
St. Paul, too, says of himself that in such troubles his heart was filled with consolation and joy, because he knew, by the light of faith, how great was the value and advantages of tribulations and trials. When Brother Juniper was one day insulted by some rude remarks, he took up the fold of his dress, and extending it with both hands, said, Come now, throw them in, and without any fear fill up this lapful of joys. Father Alvarez, being informed of a grave calumny that had been spread against him, gave signs of great gladness, and said to the one who had given him the information, and who was gazing at him in wonder, Now I see that God wishes me well, for he is leading me by the way of those dearest to him. A director of the Venerable Maria Seraphim, to whom she revealed her whole life, testifies of her that in all the insults and ridicule which she had suffered, in the bad interpretation which others had put on her good works, and in all her other trials, she never gave way to impatience, nor showed any signs of vexation, but bore everything with the greatest peace and tranquillity, both internal and external, always praising and blessing God for the occasion he was giving her to exercise patience. Once when she had received the great many reproaches and menaces, which she bore with the most perfect tranquillity of heart and serenity of countenance, one of her nuns, who had heard and seen all with great astonishment, asked her how she felt, and she replied gaily, Blessed be God, I am all flowers and joy, blessed be God. Her way of feeling in such cases became so well known to all in the convent, that when they saw her coming back from the grate with a bright face, praising and blessing God, they used to say, Our mother must have caught something good today meaning that she received some cross, and when they inquired afterwards what had happened, they found this to be the case. The servants, too, had noticed this trait even before she left her father's house, and so, when any illness or trouble came to her, they would say, Now your day has come. This is your jubilee. 29. If you look at the rod of Moses lying on the ground, it is a frightful serpent, if you look at it in the hand of Moses, it is a wand of power. It is thus with tribulations. Consider them in themselves, and they are horrors. Consider them in the will of God, and they are joys and delights. St. Francis de Sales St. Mary Magdalene de Posse used to say she did not think there could be found in the world suffering so bitter, adversity so severe, or trials so painful, that she could not bear them cheerfully, by simply persuading herself that it was the will of God. And, in fact, in the great sufferings of an illness that lasted five years, and at the time of her death, whenever anyone reminded her that it was the will of God, that she should suffer those agonies, it would take away all their bitterness and quiet her at once. It is told in the life of St. Lupus, that when he heard that the terrible Attila was coming to plunder his episcopal city of Troy, he was first much affrighted, but afterwards, nerved to courage by the Spirit of God, he went out to meet him in his pontifical vestments, in the hope of checking his audacity. When he came into Attila's presence, he asked him who he was. The scourge of God, was Attila's reply. At these words the saint exclaimed, And I, who am the spoiler of God's kingdom, well deserve to be scourged by him. Then he ordered the gates to be opened without delay. But when the enemy came in, he passed directly through the city, without doing any harm, as if he had seen no one. By this, 
God willed to show how much he was pleased with the submission and humility of the holy man, and bowing so readily beneath the scourge he had sent him, and in believing that he deserved it. 30. When it is our lot to suffer pain, trials, or ill-treatments, let us turn our eyes upon what our Lord suffered, which will instantly render our sufferings sweet and supportable. However sharp our griefs may be, they will seem but flowers, in comparison with his thorns. St. Francis de Sales Count Alzerius received many insults even from his own subjects, and bore them all with great tranquility. Being asked by his wife how he was able to do this, he answered, When I receive insults from any one, I turn my thoughts to the great affronts which the Son of God suffered from his creatures, and say to myself, Even if they were to pull your beard and strike you, what would this be in comparison with what your Lord suffered, with so much patience? But I can tell you, besides, that I sometimes feel in such cases no slight emotions of anger. Then I quickly turn my mind to some similar injury suffered by our Lord, and keep it fixed upon that until the emotion has subsided. A good woman, being once confined to her bed, and suffering from many ailments, a friend of hers put a crucifix into her hand, inviting her to pray for relief from such great trials. But she said, Would you have me seek to descend from the cross when I hold in my hands a crucifix? God keep me from it. I will rather suffer for him, who most willingly underwent for me pains incomparably greater than mine. When St. Teresa was in great suffering, the Lord appeared to her, showing her his wounds, and saying, Behold, my daughter, the sharpness of my torments, and consider whether thine can be compared to mine. The saint was so greatly moved by this that she no longer felt the pain, and would often say afterwards, When I think in how many ways the Lord suffered, and that for no fault of his own, I do not know of what I was thinking when I complained of my sufferings and tried to escape from them. A servant of God, being much afflicted by the grievous persecutions, calumny, and contempt that he experienced, turned to the Lord and said, How long, O Lord, must I be so tried without any fault of mine, as thou knowest? Then the Lord appeared to him, showing his wounds, and answering, And for what fault had I to be treated thus? At this sight he was so much moved and filled with such great joy that he did not feel his afflictions at all, and said that he would not have exchanged his condition for that of any monarch on earth. For thirty-eight years St. Lewina suffered constantly all kinds of infirmities, gout in her feet and hands, toothache, fevers, and whatever is most painful, and yet she always remained cheerful and happy, because she kept the sufferings of Christ continually in view. Dionysius the Carthusian tells of a certain novice, who became tepid in the divine service. While in the beginning all went easily with him, he afterwards found great difficulty in performing humble offices and in all the exercises of mortification, and, among other things, he felt a special disgust for a miserable habit such as novices were expected to wear. Now, one night, Jesus Christ appeared to him in his sleep, with a long and heavy cross on his shoulders, which with his utmost efforts he was dragging up a staircase. Moved with compassion, he offered to help him. But the Lord, turning upon him a severe look, said, How do you presume to carry so heavy a cross, you who cannot bear for love of me a habit that weighs so little? 
the novice awakened by this reproach was at once humiliated and aroused so that henceforward he wore the habit with great joy and content and whenever any trial came in his way at the mere thought of the great sufferings which christ bore everything seemed to him easy and pleasant End of section 8